Welcome to Helping Challenging Children. This podcast is for adults who want to understand why children behave the way they do and how to support them to increase their ability to self-regulate and to become more independent. My name is Dr. Pat McGuire. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician who and I have been working with these children for over 30 years, and I can tell you that with the right support, they all do great. So enjoy these podcasts, and hopefully you learn a little bit each time. Greetings. Today I'm going to talk to you about ADHD and the fact that over the last 40 years, we finally realized that ADHD is forever for most. When I cared for children and adolescents with ADHD, the question always came up about when they would outgrow their ADHD. At that time, the literature said that at least 70% would continue to have some issues even as adults. Most people, however, continue to want to believe that they would outgrow it. Since at one point when I was in training, Experts had declared that kids with ADHD would outgrow it in adolescence. Of course, more research proved that to be wrong. Even now, many physicians don't believe older teens and adults when they complain of ADHD symptoms. If they are prescribed medication, they first have to go through the expensive lab testing to prove that they are not using any illegal substances or medications that they were not prescribed. These added restrictions has led many to abandon efforts for a quality life with good employment since they can't handle the demands without the support of their medication. New research published in the American Journal of Psychiatry in August 2021 shows that the numbers of children with ADHD who continue to show impairment as adults are much higher than previously suspected. Only about one in 10 kids with the disorder are likely to have a complete and lasting remission of their symptoms, according to new data gathered from tracking 558 kids for 16 years from across the United States. These children were part of the original multimodal treatment study of ADHD or MTA study, which looked at the role of medication alone, medication with behavioral management training, or behavioral management training alone on the short-term control of ADHD. Initially, they thought that 30% achieved complete remission by adulthood, which I told my patients. But as they followed these patients further out, they discovered that fully 60% of the remitters would again show significant symptoms at some point. This article's researchers found that ADHD symptoms fade in and out as patients grow from children to teens and to adults, which could negatively impact education, employment, and relationships. ADHD is now recognized as having a waxing and waning or a dynamic fluctuating disorder. The confusion regarding the effects of ADHD was due to only checking with patients at one point in their adulthood. The current study followed the 558 patients ages 8 to 16 at baseline for 16 years with check-ins every two years. When checking in with these patients, they surveyed not just the patients, 
but also teachers and parents, or a sibling or partner if the parent was unable to participate. For the patient self-report, they asked about symptoms and impairment, treatment utilization, and substance use and mental disorders. For all people surveyed, they asked about symptoms and or impairment in the areas of disorganization, impulsivity, forgetfulness, lack of motivation. This study also looked at patients who were subthreshold for meeting the criteria of ADHD, such as being one item shy. These patients were still experiencing impairment and may even still be on medication to manage symptoms. Overall, about two thirds of children with ADHD had fluctuating periods of remission and recurrence over time. This is a critical and rigorously conducted study that supports what, what clinicians like myself, who worked with patients with ADHD have known for decades. The vast majority of affected people do not outgrow symptoms and continue to benefit from medication and other services and supports. It has been long known that there is a genetic basis for ADHD. There are genes in the brain associated with the neurotransmitter dopamine. Dopamine controls how a person's brain functions in executive function, motivation, and emotional regulation, along with some other neurotransmitters. This genetic control doesn't routinely get outgrown, but is frequently affected by factors of temperament, biology, and environment. By understanding these factors, patients with ADHD can learn to recognize triggers and engage strategies and interventions to counter the symptoms which will disrupt their lives. An example from my past practice would be a patient who could handle day-to-day -day work. However, quarterly there would be need, the need to consolidate the information, sales, etc., which be on, be on top of the daily demands. This patient would, at those times, request a prescription due to the overwhelming struggles to organize and prioritize duties. It was not a cheat or an attempt to hypercharge the brain. Instead, it was a support to be able to do what other employees could do without assistance. Managing ADHD symptoms requires an understanding of where the symptoms create an impairment to routine functioning. Example of strategies that could help some people with ADHD would be getting good sleep, exercising, eating right, and choosing a career that is less likely to stress them out or to trigger their disorder, such as one with more built-in activity or more predictability. People with ADHD and remission still require consistent monitoring, especially under stressful or high demand circumstances when symptoms may become worse. These patients can and frequently do develop secondary disorders such as anxiety, depression, and alcohol and substance abuse if not recognized. This highlights the need for physicians who work with these adults to become comfortable screening for and treating ADHD. There is also a significant need for employer education about working with employees diagnosed with ADHD. This would come under the Americans with Disability Act or ADA, but many potential employees are afraid to ask for accommodations such as extended time, added checkpoints to stay on task and keep up with multi-level projects, 
and frequent breaks to address the need to expend built up energy. They are afraid the employer will see them as too hard to deal with and look to someone else for employment. Individuals with ADHD can be some of the most creative and innovative people around, but they will always benefit from the support of others when tasks are complex or mundane. They are not lazy or apathetic. They have less dopamine needed to develop their prefrontal cortex, which guides executive functions and motivation, and then also affects emotional regulation through other neurotransmitters. We can't let them go to waste due to our biases about their work ethic. Give them the right supports so they can soar. <laughs>